all of those feelings and fears and doubts that you have about yourself are going to translate into how it feels for you to write a resume. They are leaving so much on the table with their resumes because they're listening to some of the lies in their brains that are telling them that they're not very good at their job and they're writing a resume that underrepresents themselves and undersells themselves. What do I want to believe about myself instead? And what energy do I want to write my resume from instead? Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about resumes, which on the surface... Like, let's be honest, this is a very boring topic. Like, resumes are, I don't know, I think. I think they're pretty boring. Do you think they're boring? I think they're boring. However, beneath the surface, a resume isn't boring at all in some ways. Like, in some ways, it's the most not boring, almost like loaded thing. Because your resume is how you present yourself to the world. This is true for your cover letter as well. But today I'm specifically focused on resumes and your resume is how you speak about yourself and how you speak about yourself is connected to how you feel about yourself and how you feel about yourself is probably something that is hard for you on many days. And so all of those feelings and fears and doubts that you have about yourself are going to translate into how it feels for you to write a resume. And what I see with so many women is they are leaving so much on the table with their resumes because they're listening to some of the lies in their brains that are telling them that they're not very good at their job and they're writing a resume that underrepresents themselves and undersells themselves. So I am like proverbially like slapping you awake and this episode, I want it to be the wake up call that your resume deserves to have so much more in it than it probably has right now. Like unless you've written a glowing resume that makes you feel like your butt is on fire when you read it, or (laughs) that's a little bit of a weird thing, but it just makes you feel like you're sizzling when you read it, then you are underselling yourself in your resume. So in today's episode, I wanna talk about some of the foundational pieces that you want to be thinking about when you are writing your resume to make sure that it is sizzling and to make sure that you feel like you're sizzling when you write it so that the recruiter starts to sizzle when they read it so that they call you in for an interview and you get the role that you want. I'm not going to go through like a full detail how to write your resume because that would take a while. So we're going to start with foundations and I'll build on it as the podcast goes on. So I want to start with a couple things. One is how you feel about yourself is inevitably going to impact your resume So writing a good resume is as much about mindset work and confidence 
as it is around the technicalities and the tactical steps of what to put on the resume. I could give you a lot of tactical steps, but if you are consumed by self-doubt, you will not be able to write the most powerful possible resume. Writing a strong resume is an inside job. This is why I've had people ask me, should I pay someone to write my resume? No, 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 no. Because you can't pay someone to make you confident. As part of your career progression and your growth, one of the things you must learn to do is speak about yourself from a place of inner strength and that place of, I know that I'm good at this. I believe in myself. And that muscle is required to write your resume. And most of what is stopping people from writing a good resume is they don't have that muscle built. And I don't want you to hire someone else to write your resume because you need to build that muscle so you can use it in the interview and so you can use it when you get to the job, right? You need to have that ability to push past the doubt, past the fear, past the limiting beliefs and access your own wisdom about your own talent and your own strength. And so if you're experiencing resistance in writing your resume and speaking about yourself and writing a powerful cover letter and representing yourself well in an interview, you don't want to hire someone to write your resume. You want to do the work of pushing through those challenges so that you learn how to harness confidence, right? Like you might get a really good resume out of that, but what you haven't learned is to overcome your inner demons and to represent yourself really powerfully. And if you show yourself that you can go from being doubtful and questioning yourself to writing this document that makes you go damn, I am good at what I do. I guarantee you when you show yourself that you can do that by way of writing a strong resume, you will show up to the interview with so much more swagger and you will have such a stronger interview. So I do not recommend hiring someone to do your resume. And when I help my clients with their resume, I do not write it for them for this reason. I help them with the mindset challenges and I help them pull out the pieces that are going to make their resume really shine and really stand out. But they need to be the ones to have that inner experience and you need to be the one to have that inner experience of watching yourself be doubtful, watching your brain be like, I don't have anything powerful to say and then being like, wait a minute. Well, what about that amazing thing that I did? Like you need to experience that flip so that you know that that's possible and so that you can bring that capacity with you into an interview. That is so much of the essence of confidence, is when your brain is yelling at you and dragging you down and you feel like crap, it's your ability to go inside and be like, hold the phone, right? Stop this nonsense. That that muscle is required to write your resume, and I don't recommend outsourcing that to someone else because you're gonna need to build that and develop that and plug it into so many other places in your career. So I want to walk you through where I see people. So that that was part one, like the first thing I wanted to share. The second thing that I wanted to share is where I see people going in the wrong direction with their resume. And it comes from how they're thinking about what their resume is and what it's supposed to do. So I want to lay those out for you so you can become aware of whether you're thinking this way as you're writing your resume. And I'll tell you, how I recommend you think instead so that you write a resume that gets you 
an interview and that gets you the role that you want. And that helps grow your confidence overall. So there's two different things that I see, two different directions that I see people going in with resumes, both of which do not produce the strongest document. The first thing that I see people doing, and this is really common, I definitely used to do this with my resume. It took me a while to realize that I should stop doing this, but they treat their resume as a catalog, right? So just like a catalog that you'd get in the mail from like a store, it shows you like all the things you can order. I'm thinking of like Sky Mall or, you know, like those catalogs that are like, here's all these weird, cool things you can order. I'm thinking of those. So just like that catalog is like meant to show the customer, like here's every possible thing that you could buy from us. People treat their resume as a catalog of their experience. Oh, like my resume is supposed to show you what I've done. So let me put on everything, just like the catalog of everything. Let me like put it all on there for you to see so you can see what I've done. That's the first way that people go wrong. The second way that people go wrong is they get really overly focused on like the tracking system and the keywords and the metrics and the numbers. And they're very focused on like these rules that they've heard of how you're supposed to write a resume and get it through the tracking system. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. It is good to be aware of how to get your resume through the filter. But the problem is that people think like that's the end game and then they get overly focused on that and they don't end up writing a powerful document because they're focused on all these technicalities. And so in order to help you correct both of these, I want to bring us back to the function of a resume in a job search. The resume is intended to help the human who is looking through the priority resumes, decide if they want to call you in. You're trying to help that person decide if they want to call you in for an interview. What this means is that you are persuading or influencing. A resume is a tool for persuasion and influence. And the thing that you're trying to persuade and influence the person on the other end of is that they're sufficiently interested in you to spend their time talking to you over other candidates. Now, when you treat your resume like a catalog and you put all of your experience on it, you are not influencing or persuading. All you are doing is taking everything that you've done and dumping it into a document. Instead, what you want to be doing is influencing, and the way that you do that with a resume is by asking yourself, when someone reads this, what are they looking for? What has the hiring manager asked the recruiter to look for on resumes? And the answer to that is in the job description. The job description will tell you exactly what the recruiter is looking for. So anytime you are submitting your resume for a role that you really want, that is really important to you, you must start with the job description and you must pose the following question to yourself. Based on what I see in this job description, When they're scanning my resume, what are they going to be looking for? And once you have the answer to that question, 
Anything that doesn't fall in that gets deleted and removed from your resume. You don't want to catalog every single thing that you've done if there are 20 things that you've done that are not relevant to what you can see that they are looking for. This is so important because they could put your resume next to someone else who potentially has very similar experience to you, but that person focused and tweaked and honed their resume to align really tightly with the job description. It's gonna look like that person is the better candidate even if you're similar to the other person because that person has positioned themselves. They've cut out the fluff, They've cut out all of the things that they've done that aren't relevant and they've focused in on what the employer is looking for. This is sort of like if you're a photographer and you're trying to get hired or let's actually flip it. Let's say you're hiring a photographer, right? And this photographer comes to you and they're like, okay, I'm really good at taking photos. I'm really good in this kind of lighting and that kind of lighting and I do weddings and I do personal and then the photographer's like, oh, I'm also a really good babysitter. I'm really good with kids, but a ba And then they're like, oh, and I'm also really good at like taking care of dogs and cats. Oh, I'm really good at spreadsheets and things like that. And you're like, why are you telling me this? Like, I just want you to take pictures of me, right? And then you have another photographer that comes and they just talk about their photography experience. That person is going to be able to influence you more because they used the time that they had with you to focus on what really mattered to you. So if you do things in your job or if you've done things in your career that aren't relevant to the job that you're applying for, there is no rule that says those things have to be on your resume. And for sure, for sure you don't want those things at the top taking up the prime real estate on your resume. Whatever the person, the recruiter reads first, whatever is at the top of your resume is what they're going to see first. So it is absolutely imperative that whatever position you're in today in the present moment is as tightly aligned to what they're looking for based on the job description as possible. Because you are not trying to tell them all of the things that you've done. You are not trying to tell them that you're an expert on cats and that you are good at X, Y, and Z. And like, I'm exaggerating, right, to make the point. But you're trying to show them that you're the perfect candidate for this role. So what you want to do is match your experience to what they're looking for. And this doesn't mean that you delete any job that doesn't align, but it does mean that you only have one to two pages for your resume. And if you can get your resume into one page, even better. So you have limited real estate. So you really need to ask yourself, am I using that real estate effectively? And especially the real estate at the top, like the first two job descriptions, I would make sure that those are heavily tailored to align with the job. And listen, if you're applying for a job that really closely aligns with what you do, then cataloging everything might work really well. But what I found is that most people have done a few different things. They have a bunch of different stuff and they haven't done that work to make sure they're emphasizing the right things. And most importantly, also to build on top of this, once they've gotten the relevant things, they're not presenting what they've done in a powerful, compelling, persuasive way. So they're describing things in really passive language and they're not giving themselves credit. They're writing the language in a resume from a place of doubt and smallness 
rather than writing about themselves in the resume from a place of pride and accomplishment. And so you want to you want to write your resume by kind of inflating your ego really, really big. And once you've figured out what the things that are most relevant to the job description are, and once you've taken out the fluff, right, and once you've used that real estate really effectively, then you want to go in again and say, how do I talk about this as if I am the most amazing person on the planet? How do I infuse the language with my own belief on how much I'm going to crush it in this role? And of course, it's hard to infuse the language with that confidence when you don't have that confidence. So the first thing you got to do there is say, where am I doubting that I'm going to crush it in my role? What are all the sneaky thoughts in my brain that are subtly influencing the language on my resume to be small and passive and not as powerful as it could be? And What do I want to believe about myself instead? And what energy do I want to write my resume from instead? And you might keep falling into the doubtful energy and you might have to keep propping yourself up into the bigger, more confident energy. But you need to be aware of this because the two ways that you're going to persuade and influence the recruiter to bring you in for an interview and possibly the hiring manager might be looking at your resume is through tailoring your resume to fit the job description really well, not treating it like a catalog. And second, infusing really strong confidence and a sense of leadership into the language, into the way that you speak about yourself. Now, the other piece here that I talked about is people getting overly focused on like formatting and keywords and the applicant tracking system and all that stuff for sure matters, right? If there's certain words that are used often in the job description, it's a great idea to put those words on your resume. But remember that after the tracking system and that robot, that AI sorts your resume and says, okay, she's a match for the role, a human is still gonna look at it, right? So don't only write your resume for the robot, write your resume for the human, right? If you just focus on like these key words, but you're not thinking more broadly around what do I think they're looking for here and how do I make sure that's really popping on my resume, then you might make it through the tracking system, but then when someone looks at your resume, you're not gonna come off as being as powerful a candidate as someone who has done deeper thinking by looking at the job description and asking themselves what is important here and prioritizing and trimming down their resume. And then of course, infusing it with really confident language. And this process of like looking at the job description and tailoring it to that job is gonna be more rigorous and require more effort when you're making a career pivot, right? So if you're going into a role that's very similar to what you do already, of course, you still need to tailor your resume to the job description and do this process that I'm talking about. Absolutely, 100%. Um, But because your experience aligns with it, it's going to be a cleaner process. If you're making a career pivot, you have to go even more extreme on taking all of the past positions you've had and being like, what have I done in my past that is relevant to this new career pivot, right? So you have to filter and tweak and refine even more. The the mistake that is being made when people aren't doing this is they're thinking about their resume from their perspective and they're like, what have I done? What are all the things I've done? Rather than thinking about their resume from the perspective of the hiring manager. The hiring manager isn't asking themselves, 
What is everything this person has done? The hiring manager is asking themselves, is this resume a yes or a no? And they have a few criteria in their mind that they are going through to try to figure out if you're a yes or a no. And so you want, with the first few sentences they read on that resume, you want their brain to go boom, yes, boom, yes, boom, yes, right? You don't want them to be reading and be like, oh, that's not relevant, oh, boom, yes, oh, that's not relevant, oh, boom, yes, right? So it's like a really different experience of reading your resume, so you wanna make sure that they're having that experience. So to make this really tangible, what I suggest you do is two things. One is before you start working on your resume, pull up the job that you're applying for or pull up a job that's really representative of the types of jobs that you're applying for and distill it down into a list of two to four items. Based on what you're seeing in the job description, what do you think is in the hiring manager's mind? Like what are their top two, three, or four things? Like make a list of those big things and then make sure the very first sentences that they read on your resume are hitting on those things one after the other and how you talk about your work experience. And then go down to your prior jobs and do a similar exercise, but make sure the top two, the ones at the top, have the strongest elements in them, right? Like if you have a job that you've done like three or four jobs ago way in the past and it's like not at all relevant to what you're applying for. You don't have to like go in and change that one, but make sure the ones at the top, the more recent ones are a really strong match and then go through it again after you've written it that way and ask yourself how you can make the language sizzle and how you would say this sentence and how you would write these sentences if you knew that you were the best person for this role and if you knew that them not choosing you was going to be a mistake because it probably is even if your brain tells you it isn't. So that is my initial like foundational piece of advice on writing your resume and helping you stay on the right track. And the most important thing And all of this is to get to your mind to a place where you feel confident that you are really going to be able to add value in this role. So your confidence matters so much. And it's not that the doubts can't be there or that they're going to sabotage things. It's just that you want to be aware of them and you want to make sure those doubts aren't sneakily impacting what you put on your resume. So (laughs) that brings us to the end of this episode. This is a short one but I hope it gets you started on the right path. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want support from me, whether it's your resume or you're looking for bigger help, growing your confidence, finding your voice, making a career transition, stepping into a new role, that is the work that I do in my one-on-one. And I always support my clients with resume review, cover letter review, document review, because all of that stuff, when it comes up throughout our time together, is so instrumental in growing their confidence, learning how to really powerfully represent yourself and talk about yourself. So that brings this episode to an end. If you're interested in coaching with me, I'm going to put the link to learn more and apply in the show notes. It's jessicasatcoaching.com slash coaching. And I will also link some of my free resources because I have a free course on executive presence and a free ebook on assertiveness that you can grab on my website at jessgazetcoaching.com slash free resources. I hope you have an amazing day, an amazing week. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.